Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good evening and welcome into the final at the Oki for 2022. Ben Francis here and we are with you through to 11pm tonight. Yes, a two-hour special as we preview the World Darts Championships which get underway on Friday. Having that music play, I just shut my eyes and I can just envision myself at Ali Pali. It's just, I can just see it now. Oh, it's so magical and I can't wait for it to become a reality. There is plenty to cover off and boy, do we have an action-packed show for you. Tonight, we will hear from the Master of Ceremonies for the PDC, John McDonald. We will hear from the three-time BDO World Champion and former Premier League winner, Glenn Durrant. We also hear from Ben Robb's first-round opponent, Mickey Mansell. We also might hear from Ben as well. We'll see. We'll, we'll try our luck, but we also just want to let him... No, get his mindset ready. So we'll, we'll disrupt his opponent. That actually sounds quite horrible. How <laughs> do they say that? Uh, but our special guest for tonight, and you'll want to be listening to this one, quarter past 10, the godfather, the man behind Matchroom Sport and the man behind the PDC. In my opinion, the top's best sports promoter, Barry Hearn. He's going to join us at quarter past 10. Usually Ben Robb does join the show, but as he's in the UK preparing for the world champs, we're gonna let it. We're gonna leave him. We're gonna leave him. We're not gonna ask him to come on for two hours. He's just finished playing week seven of the Motor Super Series, where he reached the last four, which was fantastic considering some of the level of opponents he went up against. But in his absence, I have a special guest in studio with me as well. So don't worry. First, you would have heard him on the show before. If in New Zealand darts gave out yearly awards, I would award him the most improved, as he has reached uh, the quarterfinals of the DPNZ World Champ Qualifier. I actually clarified that before, and I hope I got that actually did get that right. And also the quarterfinals of the Oceanic Masters, and both those had spots going to Ali Pally. He is the man behind the success of the Birkenhead RSA darts as well, and that is Jamie Roland Roberts. Jamie, how are you? Oh, bloody good, Benny. Cheers, bud. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back on the show. Yeah, action packed tonight. It's very close at quarter past eight, half past eight, Friday morning, New Zealand time. We're going to be eyes glued to the screen watching Ben Robb walk out. He's going to be the first person walking out to the world champ stage this year. Uh, just just brilliant, man. Can't wait to see him get out there. Um, I'm sure everyone will be uh, pulling a sickie on Friday to uh, make sure that they're, that they're all there. Luckily, my day is a Friday. Well, lucky Friday is my day off, so I don't have to use one of my sick days for that. But oh, how, how exciting are we, you know, we have 96 of the best players around the world going to be crammed into the Ali Pally. Couple of weeks, one eventual winner. So exciting. It's just even great that we got, you know, as we said, Ben's going to be there. He's in great form this year, considering how his preparation didn't happen last year and it 
kind of went a bit wrong for him. He's had good build-up, as we said, just playing in that Motor Super Series, yeah. and he's pumped, he's ready. Hopefully we can get another Kiwi winner on that stage. 100%. Ben has just, just reached a whole other level this year, you know, compared to what we saw of him last year. And, um, you know, I think he's really, really fine-tuned those those little things that he needs to do. Um, he's real positive. He he knows what his weaknesses are, and and he just delivers. He's he's just been amazing all year. Yeah, and considering he reached the last four of the of the Moto Super Series, which essentially is a whole lot of players that don't have tour cards. Some of them have held tour cards before. Uh, he beat Raymond Smith, who reached the last sixteen of the World Champs last year, a top Aussie player. He beat him twice out of three goes. He should have beaten him three out of three, to be fair. Uh, he also he also. Uh, beat and played Chaz Barstow, who was a former World Champs player, Peter Jacques, who's another one. Uh, and, you know, he's some very good quality opponents, which is what you want to see hitting into such a big tournament. You want quality games. A hundred percent, you know, and um, Ben would admit he, he doesn't potentially get those same quality matches as that he does over here. And we all hear, you know, the, the pub players over there are amazing. And um, these guys are another level over there. They do it day in, day out. Um and just some quality performers over there. And, and to see Ben hold his own and make that top four in the Motus, that was just outstanding, you know. I was cheering him on on Sunday. It was a pretty wet day on Sunday, yeah. so had the kids inside while we are all watching Uncle Benny bash the board, and um, uh, he, he did us all proud, and he did really well. I guess it's just taking those moments out as those little moments as well, which you know will will give him that little bit of confidence too. You know, even his opponent misses that data double and he's there to capitalise, and it really felt like that that aspect of the game was getting better because he pretty much as soon as he got off the plane, he was playing. So mm. it took I think it took him probably a little while to adjust, but as he got settled, you saw that that game get a bit better, and he was putting some ludicrous averages in some games. Yeah, I think on the first day, he averaged over a hundred in one of his games, and. You know, he's only a few days off coming off a plane. Um, he'll admit that he, you know, he, he adjusted to playing in the mornings a lot better because yeah. it was quite similar to the, the Kiwi Kiwi time zones and, um, you know, that what he was kind of bashing us around at Birkenhead on a Wednesday over here. Um, yeah, and then he just had to, to adjust to those those night games. His, his finishing was really strong. Um, but, you know, there were key components of his scoring that, you know, he'll, he'll be working on. Um, but plenty of positives for Ben to take out of of that series. He, um, you know, there'll be so much. He'll 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 be full of confidence. Yeah, and that's exactly what you want. He's going to be playing in the first, very first game of this year's World Champs against Mickey Mansell, who will be joining us on the show very later. And it gets it's very tough for Ben or or Mickey because whoever wins that game will want to celebrate the win. But then two hours later, they could be back up on that stage and playing the defending two-time world champion Peter Snakebite Wright. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's just a cracker, you know. Ben will have a good mindset, though. You know, he'll he'll look at that next game as well, realising the work that he has to do to, to face his next opponent. Um, but I see him just going all in. Um, but, you know, Mickey's no slouch. He's, he's played uh, hopes, you know, previously. He's got a Kiwi scalp under his back. Um, we all know Mickey. He's been playing through... The you know the champ some of those pro tour events this year he's been putting up good numbers he's been beating good people so look let's just see how it flies on the day yeah and uh, Avioki is proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot Dart Start Boards Lighting and more the Dart Depot and we have a two hundred dollar Dart Depot voucher to give away as it's our last show for the year so all we want from you 
as you can call 0800 150 811 or just simply flick us a text double eight double three just let us know who you think will win the world darts championship we'll pick a random winner at the end of the night and you will be walking away with that voucher just looking at the draw uh jamie we'll just have quickly have a run run through it let's have a look uh there's some very very intriguing games in, the, in that first round and it's going to lead to some cracking second round games uh, one that was immediately highlighted was potentially Adrian Lewis Damon Hetter in that second round uh, as we said Ben Robb could potentially face Peter Wright uh, Scott Williams Ryan Joyce two good performers uh, this year across across the year could face Rob Cross as well and mm. oh, where, where do you begin in terms of, of where it is but that just speaks to the to how much the sport has grown and you can even go back five, six years ago and you'd probably say all these guys who the seated players would probably get comfortable wins, but you, you just don't know now and, yeah. and how things have gone the last couple of years because the standard has just gone up that much. It's amazing, you know. That that matchup you talked about, you know, potentially Lewis and Damon Hetter, that's just monster, you know. We know Lewis loves to own the Ali Pally stage. He loves getting on there. He's whacked out a few nine darters and stuff on there. And to think now that he has to go through the process of the first round to even, you know, get a shot at one of the, the next top guys, that's just that's crazy to think, you know. And um, there are some real tasty matchups there, you know. I'm just looking right across there. Um, even, you know, Chroma, who, you know, out of Chroma and Suzuki, uh, but even Chroma, you know, we've, we've seen what he can do. He, you know, he's getting Nathan Aspinall potentially in that, that second round matchup. The Aspers on the on the way up as well. So, I mean, even look at the next one. You got D'Souza versus you know Whitlock potentially. It's just going to be, yeah. It's there's going to be some crazy crazy darts. You know, early on we're going to see some big names headed out, and um, just so pumped and excited for it. Yeah, we can't help be pumped and excited for it, and. You know, there's some of the guys who are going to be fighting for their tour cards, and there's going to be lots of ranking points on the line as well. And you think of a guy like Gurren Price, and he's uh, he's going to be he's defending half his half his pretty much or just under half his uh, you know order of merit money as well. So you know he gets bundled out early, which I don't think would happen, mm. but you know he could say for suffer a significant drop down the rankings. Well, luckily last week I saw somewhere he got a hundred and thirty-two average against uh, Ricky Evans in, a, in an expedition match. Absurd! So I think he's hitting some good form at the right time, eh? Well, you, you'd hope so if you're averaging one hundred and thirty-two. But I yeah. guess the one seed, top seed, that is probably going to be a bit of discussion about, and that is Peter Wright, who mm. Ben Rob could face, and that is because we haven't seen much of Peter Wright, because I, I think it was the the Grand Slam, he, his head wasn't in it, and then it yeah. came out about his his wife just pretty much needed like emergency surgery, and we haven't seen him since, so we almost don't know kind of what space he's in heading into the mm. tournament, uh, so you kind of feel like that if there is an opportunity to beat Peter, it probably would be now. I know when he, did, like, when he was defending Three years ago, uh, his first defense, he won his, his first match, but mm. then he got knocked out in the next round. Yeah. So he did he did go home early, but he probably don't, of course, doesn't want to go home early on opening night because that would be a big upset and it would also be a bit of history for this part of the world as well. Oh, man, wouldn't that be great? Um, but, yeah, like, like you said, Peter's, Peter's headspace. We've obviously, um, hope his wife is all getting better and stuff now. Um but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. What his preparation's been like? Obviously, he's got the experience. Um, you know, he's, he's a world champion. 
He's got the experience, so it'll be really, really interesting to see what, what game Peter does play and what, what set of darts he uses as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's another very good point, another very good point. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen, he's oh. probably say he's back to his best, if not he's playing better than ever. Just, you know, year. watching him earlier this year, his, his match against Josh Rock, that to me was just an incredible performance, you know, a new kid on the block, basically smashing everyone, and for him to put Josh Rock away like he did after, you know, being victim of a nine data, it just shows you how how tough this guy is, and you know, and um, he's up for it. I think he's in the best form we've seen in the, over the last two or three years. He he's leading the hot favourite, isn't he? Yeah, he would have to be. But another man who I'd second, I reckon, is probably hot on his tail, is the man that broke his major duck mm. last month, and that is. Michael Smith. Yeah, definitely. He he's always performed at the um, World Darts Championship. Um he he lost to Peter last year. Um but yeah, once he starts finding his line and whacking in those 180s, there, there's basically no stopping him, you know. Couple of breaks of throws and he is just on top of you and very very hard to, you know, claw back. You can't give him any any space between legs at all. That, that section of the draw, though, is very tough. It's the side that Damon Hedder and Adrian Lewis are on, but you also look at some of the other names. You've got Joe Cullen in yeah. there as well, Luke Humphreys and Dave Chisnell, all guys that can score like absolute, just absolute crazy. So it's going to yeah. be actually score, probably a 180 fest in that part. 100%. You know, those guys, they, they can all, you know, once they get that breaker throw, as I kind of mentioned with Michael, and if they just keep up their consistent scoring uh, with their finishing, They'll be unstoppable. It doesn't matter who they play, as long as they're playing their game. You know, you look at like Chizzy. You know how, how everyone wonders how he does it, but man, he finds a way with that throw, and you know he makes you pay for it. And because of the the set play, he can you know win a set, have a bit of a break, and come back and just put it on again. It's not just that constant bashing over a certain period, right? So it's what we all got to remember. Mm. Yeah, uh, of course we touched on Gurren Price and his. Absolute absurd, leaving me speechless. Average, <laughs> but you don't want to look too far ahead. But you know, there's potential that in the third round he could place Barney, and he, they, those two had some cracking matchups at the recent Grand Slam. And I think Gerwin will be wanting his piece of revenge. But Barney, a five-time world champion, you can never write him off, especially when he was playing like he was, because it was like the vintage Barney we saw, mm. not even like 15 years ago. Yeah, and I think Gerwin will know that you know that weakness that he had against Barney. He just got too comfortable. You know, I think he was eight two up in that match just recently. He just got too comfortable, and he just couldn't find his double. And um, as we know, Barney does Barney things. He he just clawed it back, and um, he'll definitely be looking to get back. You know, he lost to him in the groups as well. You know, so he'll be wanting to uh, put put Barney away if there's that matchup for sure. What about the women's players? There's three women's players this year, which is going to be the most. So Lisa Ashton and Bo Greaves qualified via the women's order of merit, and then there was one spot left, and they didn't know how it was going to be allocated. But the PDC came out and said, uh, "We're going to that's how it's going to be a spot for the women's world match play winner, which was Fallon Sherrick." So there's three women, which is the most in this world champs. Uh, very curious to see how Fallon does because, mm. of course, she. Absolutely, you know, set the world. Literally, the the world just went absolutely berserk about her achievement. But Bo Greaves is the one that really interests me. You know, she just played in the 
uh, World Masters for the WDF. And mm. <laughs> playing against the other woman, it was you know chalk and cheese. But yeah. she's going to be her first time up on this big stage. She's only 18. Yeah. But boy, she can throw. Oh, man. Just, I think... There was something ridiculous, like she didn't drop a leg or something until the semi-finals or something. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, look, she can throw. She's throwing phenomenal numbers. She, you should be punishing us all over here. She's high 90s quite regularly. Um, she's just found her groove. She's found her throw this year. And um, I'm really interested to see how she deals with, you know, that big stage. Um, she's dealt with a lot of, you know, stage performances before. Uh, but Ali Pally, you know, a bit rowdy. It's a bit different, so it'll be really good. But I think she'll have the crowd on her side. Oh, she will. She as will. Well. well, she's playing and Willie O'Connor in that first round. Yeah, Irishman, the Magpie. The Magpie. Yeah, and look, he's got a solid throw as well. He's he's run deep in a lot of tournaments this year. Uh, he'll know that the crowd won't be in his favour. Um, so he's got his work cut out for them there, and and I'm really excited to look at that. Lisa, you know, she's I've seen her on social media recently, and um, she she really wants to to get through that first round as well. Um, and I'm, as you say, really interested in seeing how, how Fallon does, you know, with that added bit of pressure. Um, look, I really, really hope for her that she performs. She's playing against uh, rapid Ricky Evans, who I've been told has slowed down his throw, by the way. It's probably a good thing, to be <laughs> fair, though. Not not quite Justin Pipe-like, but uh, he, he's, he's slowed no, down his throw. It's definitely not good. <laughs> it's not what you want to be doing. Yeah, so, look, I'll um, be interested to see. It'll be... What kind of what kind of performance Ricky puts on as well? He you know he likes a good show. He likes bringing in the crowd into it. So look, I just hope Fallon gets up there and, and plays some solid darts, and it's a good game. Seventeen minutes after nine here, you're listening to SCNZ's at the Oki, proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot, Dart Start Boards, Lighting, and more. The Dart Depot. Keep those texts coming through on double eight double three. Let us know who you think is going to win the PDC World Darts Champs New Go and the draw to win a two hundred dollar voucher. Now at I'm not kidding you. About one o'clock this morning, I stayed up very late, past my bedtime, and I caught up with Glenn Durrant, who unfortunately did lose his tour card this year. Uh, he is a very busy man, but he took a moment out of his day to catch up with me. And we're going to play a part of the interview for you next here on At The Oki. If you want to hear the full thing, it will be uploaded on the At, At The Oki podcast page very, very soon. But coming up, we'll hear a bit from Glenn where he talks a bit about his downfall and he also touches on some of the Kiwi players that he's faced in, uh, as well across his years playing darts. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a 52-year-old man who was... You know, was going to sleep crying uh, after some of the Premier League games. It was COVID as well in the UK at the time. So you were just ushered back to your dark room uh, in your hotel, no fans. You know, you basically had your family on FaceTime or something. They were very, very difficult times. And, you know, from being arguably the best player in the world in April 2020 to really struggling to throw a dart, uh, you know, ten ten months later was uh, it was very very tough. Uh, but like I say, I'm I'm at peace now, uh, and I'm looking forward rather than backwards now. But a very very difficult time. That's great. You can still look back at what you've achieved as a player, Glenn. Winning just one BDO title was impressive, let alone three, and then winning the Premier League title when people doubted your ability. That you must be so proud of what you've done. Yeah, the greatest moment I've ever had in darts was the winning double for the first Lakeside uh, against Danny Noppert. Um, I dreamt of that moment a million times and, you know, for it to happen for real was, 
extremely special um, because you know in 2011 I was in my 40s and I'd never won a dark competition. Um, but there was a worrying thing at the Premier League when, when I remember hitting the winning double. See, the Premier League for me was all about life-changing money. There was no crowd there. It wasn't about what have I achieved. But when that double went in, it was a case of that's it. I've done it. And what if there's one regret I have, it's I should have been looking at the next challenge already of being, you know, the PDC World Champion. Part of me thinks that in my body had given up and said that's it. Three Lakesides and a Premier League title is well enough for you, Glenn. It's very psychological because from that moment on, my I got COVID quite bad pretty much a, a week after that, and I was just never the same again. And, you know, trying to, like you say, dissect what the problems are has been really tough. But very, very proud of my CV. You know, extremely humble to be, a, you know, to, you know, to be announced as a, as a world champion uh, and a Premier League champion. And, and like I said, I'm looking forward now. Of course, Glenn, we just touched on before. You're now without your tour card, unfortunately. But that is not the end of the world. You've got plenty of other great things going on. And one of those is right now, as I talk to you, you're currently on your way to Portsmouth from the mighty Middlesbrough to commentate on the Motor Super Series. And last week, we had our very own Kiwi, Ben Robb, who's playing at the World Champs, take part. I think he was the first New Zealander to do so. And he reached the semi-finals. He did well, and I felt during the event he was building his game. He was getting better every night, which is great. But did you see any of Ben? And what are your thoughts on him as a player? Yeah, it was all part of my research to, you know, to watch sort of last week. I thought Raymond Smith, first of all, was absolutely sensational. And, you know, he could do very, very well even in the Champion of Champions week. Uh, ben is someone who I met uh, in a reception at uh, a hotel, uh, Ali Pali week. And he was so humble and shook my hand and said it was very, very nice. So I followed Ben's career. And like I say, one of my best friends on the tour is Damon Hetter. Uh, and Damon speaks so highly of Ben and you know I think he stayed at his home and the practice together and uh, so I felt like I knew Ben and he's an exceptional player obviously on the BDO lake sides and you know the, the circuits that he's doing now and he has his dreams and aspirations in the PDC as well so a, a wonderful guy and you know New Zealand's very special to me because my first ever lakeside match was against a guy called Mike Day uh, and Mike was just a he was just a phenomenal man. and as nervous as I was, you know, Mike had already played and won a game that week in the prelim against uh, a guy from Portsmouth. Uh, my mind's gone blank um, who we played there. So my first ever game at Lakeside was against a New Zealander and uh, he gave me his shirt, a Maori shirt afterwards as well. It's uh, it's something I've got in my collection, so that meant a lot and my memory's getting worse, but there was another New Zealand guy, an absolute gentleman as well, the past few years. Um, so, yeah, so New Zealand means a lot to me. I think off the top of my head, based on my memory, I think you played Mark McGrath. It, was, it wasn't Mark, but I remember, I remember Mark's game. And, you know, with Mark, I won the game in the, in the bullseye area because it was something like... I hope I get a couple of legs off you, Glenn. It was, it was something where I thought, right, I've got you, Mark. He said something very complimentary of me. Maybe he said, no one's going to touch you this week, Glenn. It was just something where I thought, right, I've got you, Mark. You also played Daring Heroini when you were at Q School, and I think it was on the first day he actually beat you, and it was quite an upset. Uh, it's a fun, 
Yeah, it was a funny story, and I was so um, I was just wasn't very nice to him. Um, there was so much pressure on me that, that week, so much pressure, and uh, everyone was expecting me every game. There was thirty-two boards, and one person watching every board. But behind my board, there was two hundred people watching because I was this BDO guy coming over to the PDC, and and, and Darren absolutely rightly beat me up on the board and uh, and I don't think I shook his hand as gracefully as I should have and I did send a message to say look that's not my style that's not me it's just just feeling the pressure this week the dart depot is proud to be partnering with SENZ to bring you the very best in darts Oki, oki, oki. Oi, oi, oi. talking darts this is at the oki on SENZ 28 minutes after 9 here, you're listening to SCNZ's At The Oki, brought to you by the Dart Depot, darts, dartboards, lighting and more. Uh, the full interview with Glenn Durrant is up on our podcast page, so if you want to check that out now or you want to check that out tomorrow, the full interview, I had about 20-odd minutes with him and that we just played a snippet of you there, just a very, very small amount. But he, he's a very good chat, Glenn. Uh, he said, very busy man, so I was very uh, appreciated to get the time with him. Keep those messages coming through on double eight double three on who you think will win the World Darts Champs. Uh, we'll pick someone at the end of the show to win a $200 voucher thanks to the Dart Depot. But coming up after the break, we're going to catch up with John McDonald, the Master of Ceremonies for the PDC. Twenty-seven minutes away from ten here. You're listening to SCNZ's at the Yoki, Ben Francis and Jamie Roberts with you. Now, if you watch the darts, you would have heard this man's voice numerous times, getting the crowd hyped up, but most importantly, introducing the players as they walk up to the stage. I'm sure for many darts fans around the world, that is their dream to hear this man uh, say their name as they walk up to the stage at Ali Pally. Here's the master of ceremonies, and his name is John McDonald, and he joins us now. John, how are we in England today? How's the mood in the, over in your part of the world? all getting ready for a, a fantastic tournament that starts in uh, three days time now may i say thursday and um you've you've come to england when it's uh, snowing and we're all um there's no trains there's no planes there's no flights uh, it's a chaos here at the moment but uh, don't worry we'll sort it out by thursday that's good. Have you been practicing your uh, some of the, the names you have to say? I, I've tried attempting all of them myself, and I'm like, oh my god. Well, well, the best way to do that is to speak to the player. I always figure the player knows how his name's said, so um, I'll have a chat with everybody. I always go and see all the players, especially the new ones. Um, give them a little welcome. I mean, after all, it's my city, London. I was born there. I feel like I'm a host more than an MC, really. I like to go down and see all the new players, especially if they're entering the competition for the first time. Very, very daunting. It's the biggest stage in sport. Um, every day is packed out. The audience is incredible. It's the biggest party in sport. So, you know, there might be a, it might be a daunting experience for them. So I try and go and see them, get their name right, um, set them in a little bit, make them welcome, and um, hopefully they'll do well. We did miss you this year, mate. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't see you down in the New Zealand Darts Masters. No, I had a, uh, one of my son's weddings, um, oh, and enough. you can imagine if I didn't attend that, I wouldn't be very popular in the family, and I come from a big family, so um, being a naturally born coward, I decided it was best to do the wedding. 
Now, how long have you been doing uh, the, the PDC World Champs and, and introducing all the players to the stage? I just want a bit of a background on kind of how you got into it and, and, and what is, what's been your inspiration? Well, it was an interesting one for me because I started off uh, as a soldier and then I uh, had a career uh, which, was called, which was called short when I had an injury, um, a life-threatening injury, really, which I took over two years to recover from. Uh, I retrained as a photographer and um, there wasn't really a great deal of positions left in the military for that. So um, I was discharged and I took up sports photography. But really, I never really felt that comfortable. I always felt that when I was at a sporting event, um, the kind of host wasn't really giving me the information I wanted. And I often would say to my colleagues, you know, I think I could do a better job. So I kind of talked myself into it. And because I was so well known in the boxing world, I thought, well, you know what? that might not be a bad place to start. So I started the boxing and um, became very successful very quickly, even to my surprise, and I'm full of confidence. And um, it was just a, a pure bit of luck, really. Um, Sky Sports had a, a Sky Box Office event, which pitched the BDO World Champion. There was two uh, organisations then, the PDC and the BDO. The BDO World Champion was Andy Fordham, and the PDC's World Champion was Phil Taylor. I'd never met either man. I'd never been to a darts match in my life. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, I turned up for the pay-per-view as their announcer and thought, you know what, this is going to be no different than any other sporting event. I'm just going to give it my best shot. And um, it was um, an incredible pay-per-view match. And I obviously um, made an impression because they asked me if I could join them. And uh, before I knew where I was in less than six or seven months, I was on the team which also meant that I could no longer do other sports because the commitment towards darts, it was pretty obvious where it was going. It's become one of the most successful stories in the history of sport in our country. It's gone from zero to hero. And um, that's all been part of uh, picking the right people, I believe, to do the right jobs and having the best players in the world. And I, I think that's really what's made it where it is. So I find myself, I've done every world championship at the Alexandra Palace. I've only missed... Um, one session when sadly I had to uh, bury my father-in-law and um, but I was straight back to work that night so I'm the only one I think in the history of the world championships that can say he was there every day. I, I actually think I do remember that not because unfortunately I remember your, uh, your father-in-law passing away but I think that was a day that we had our own Ben Rob playing uh, from memory off the top yeah. of my head uh, and of course what a nice man. yeah <laughs> and, and of course, no, he's Mr Nice Guy everybody calls him Mr Nice Guy because he really is Truly a great ambassador to you all. He's a, such a lovely, lovely person. Yeah, he is. And uh, you'll be calling his name. He'll be the first name that you'll, or the first man you'll be calling up to that stage uh, for this year's World Champs as well. Yeah, what, what a great what a great thing to say to somebody, isn't it? What a, what a bit of history he's making. And, of course, the first night, the opening night, is always the big night because everybody will be there expecting something different. Um, everyone's made their predictions who they think is going to win. We all do. You can't help it, I think, if you're involved in sport. You, you kind of, you look at the form and then you think, you know what, throw the form book away. Let's have a think about this. You know, it really is a um, such an unusual tournament with the sets and legs. It's It can be anyone's game. It really can. So, you know, I wouldn't write off anybody this year. And I think playing in the first match at the World Championship is something special.
Yeah, it will be. And uh, just before you were touching on it, in terms of like how much the sport's grown, and I don't know if it's uh, you know Barry or Eddie Hearn or it's Matt Porter that have, have said it, but it's actually, they say on Sky Sports UK, it's like the second most watched sport in your part of the world. And I think it's the same in Netherlands and Germany as well. Well, let, well, let, let's put it this way. Um, during a normal sporting week, yeah, you could easily take second place. But unfortunately, at Christmas, there's nothing that can touch us. We'll break all box office records and we do year on year globally as well. So it's because, you know, it's that time of year. It's synonymous with Christmas. Um, everybody watches it. Um, we have um, a lot of people take their leave at Christmas. So, you know, we're on when, when most people are off. So, for instance, we're working New Year's Day on two. We have two events, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. The schedule is brutal because we've opened it up to so many people now. Um, the field's just got bigger and bigger and the quality's got better and better. So obviously more and more people watch. So, you know, yeah, we are box office. Uh, you said that you've, you've pretty much been at every one of the Alexandra Palace. Is there one moment in your entire time being there that stands out far above the rest? Yeah, when, when it snowed one day, it snowed. I left home at 2.30 in the afternoon. I lived 45 minutes from the Alexandra Palace. I left home in the afternoon at 2.30 and got there at 20 to 8 at night and literally ran through the door and ran onto the stage, didn't even get changed. Just ran on and brought the, 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 the match on. It was incredible. There was about eight members of staff made it in. So somehow we made a broadcast with a handful of people. It was incredible. The whole of Great Britain came to a standstill, pretty much like it has today, um, down in the south of England today. Uh, I'm actually up in Wales. I did the last of a, uh, a big exhibition with Gerwin Price in Cardiff, in his hometown, really last night and um to an incredible crowd hence why the throat's a little bit sore and um i've noticed now that it's going to be touch and go whether i get back to the south of england but you know we're, we're a persistent lot but we'll get there eventually hey john it's uh jamie roberts here um talking now hi jamie. um hey just want to first of all just say massive massive thanks you know for filling all the kids dance dreams over the years i remember watching on the couch and all those announcements, you know, back in the Phil Taylor, Adrian Lewis days and stuff like that, but just just amazing stuff. I just wanted to know, with, with as the tournaments get deeper, does your, uh, you know, your, the whole feeling, you know, your, your, your heart rate, the bubbliness, you know, towards those semis and the finals, is that, do you find that starts to pick up with those moments and stuff that you're announcing? Yeah, it's an interesting one, this, because... Um... It's uh, because I've been sort of both sides of, 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 the, of the industry. Um, <clears throat> I appreciate how important every match is. So it's not just the final. I appreciate if someone's qualified in Japan and they're coming to represent their country, the whole weight of their nation is on their shoulders. And I try to make that as special as I can. So I don't favouritise any particular match. But as you get nearer the nuts and bolts mm. of the game and you're getting down to the last handful it becomes very intriguing and you, you'll notice that it, it's it's really strange. It's like being on a desert island with a group of people and slowly they all start leaving and you're looking around for, for, for people that are kind of in your team sort of thing, you know, like, mm. wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, he's gone, they've gone. Um, and when you get down to the last sort of four, then you're really, um, the tension is incredible. You really can cut the atmosphere with a knife. It's 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 such a fantastic place to operate and to work. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, working with with the, the man Russ Russ in the building must uh, get get everyone going oh, as well, yeah, right? I mean, he's the man. 
me. I mean, he's just, you know, the great thing about Russ is that he genuinely, genuinely loves people. Yeah. He's a real people person. You know, I've never seen him turn an autograph down. The whole business uh, of darts, he gets the whole business immediately, and he's so kind to people. And actually, I've learned so much from Russ in the last sort of 20 years. He's really taught me a lot about um, killing people with kindness, you know, mm. because he does take a lot of sticks sometimes. It's very difficult to be a, a referee. The pressure's immense. And the, not just the arithmetic, and the, but the controlling of the game. And, you know, it's a, there's a lot that goes on backstage that he takes care of. He's just one of life's all-round good guys. And he's become sort of my tour friend. Yeah. Um, we've become very close uh, on tour. We travel a lot together. And... And he's convinced me to put a lot back into the sport, even though I don't come from a darting background. I think people appreciate that it is a show as much as it's a sport. You know, it really is a spectacle, I think, is the word. And um, the question we all get asked, all of us, doesn't matter who you speak to, mm. is, you know, what is the what is the been the ingredient that's been the success of the sport? And, you know, you can look at Barry, you can look at Eddie, you can look at Matt Porter, but the biggest ingredient they've all got together is that they all want it to work yeah. and they all know how to pick staff. Yeah. Staff's very important. We've got an incredible team from Dave Allen in the media yeah. right the way through to all of our customer service. We really do take people very importantly and I think that shows. Yeah. And, um, and we've been repaid by the loyalty of our fans. John, just before we let you go, I just wanted to ask you, you know, touching on your, your friendship there with Russ Bray. And, of course, every year you guys often feature in the in the well-known PDC Christmas uh, adverts that you guys do. And I must say that this year's one was absolutely sensational. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, I think I've played it every day since it's come out. Like, how, how does what, what thought goes into that? How much uh, do you guys play in putting that together? Well... Do you, do you know? Do you know something? We are surrounded by great young talent. Uh, the young lads that work for us in that particular department—they're all geniuses. I mean, mm. I'm a—I'm a, I'm a big fan of the young. I think you know. Sometimes we take a lot of what the youngsters do in this world for granted, and they are all geniuses. They're very clever people. They come up with the ideas. They run it by us, and we sort of look at each other and go, "Well, if you think it's going to work," because sometimes we don't quite get it. You know, we didn't kind of get the love actually because neither of us had actually ever seen the film so <laughs> we both had to watch that and then you know then we got it we kind of understood where it was coming from but can you imagine me facing Russ when he's wearing a wig and a and a lady's dress <laughs> and stuff I mean it's not easy man come on I should have got an Oscar for that <laughs> I mean although but they tell me they're working on they're working on the outtakes that we did in the church and, and, and the outtakes that we did on, on this new one and um, I always like the fact that we get about five times as many people click on the outtakes as they do on the actual advert. So, you know, that just shows that uh, sometimes it's better to be funny than clever. I think you guys did a great job. And, um, you know, if there's, a, if there's a spot going in Hollywood, you guys might need to uh, consider a, a career change yeah. or so, eh? <laughs> yeah, no. Only if there's a love scene with Cameron Diaz, I'm put me in. I'll be the man for that. Don't worry. Well, John McDonald, thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, we really appreciate appreciate having you on, and hopefully you'll be able to be at New Zealand Darts Masters again. It's uh, what been four years since I last saw you, so I look forward to hopefully seeing I'm you there next coming. year. I'm definitely coming. I can't wait. I can't wait. You, you're so lucky. You have such a beautiful country, and we really do appreciate all the support we get in New Zealand. You're a lovely bunch, and we can't wait to see you. I promise you that. 
John McDonald there joining us on At The Yockey. It was uh, awesome getting him on and hearing some of those great stories as well. Awesome. It is uh, 13 minutes away from 10 here on At The Yockey. Proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot, Dart Startboards, Lighting and all the Dart Depot. Keep those texts coming through on double eight double three about who you want to see win the PDC World Darts Champs. Any text that, go, that comes through goes in the draw to win a $200 Dart Depot voucher. We are eight minutes away from 10 o'clock here on SCNZ's At The Yockey. Special thanks to John McDonald for joining us, and no doubt you'll hear his voice uh, plenty during the PDC World Darts Champs coming up, and we are on for another hour. We're on to 11 o'clock tonight. We have a big hour coming up for you uh, after 10 o'clock as well. Obviously, Mickey Mansell should be joining us, and... Barry Hearn, the man behind Matchroom and PDC. Uh, but Jamie, uh, before we get to 10 o'clock, I just want to quickly touch on some of the stuff that you guys have been doing at Birkenhead. Uh, recently, you held a women's uh, tournament, a special women's tournament, which uh, had quite a good turnout for, I believe. And the same with youth as well. You know, It was really great to see that uh, your club invested time and money into, into staging tournaments like that. And it's good to see that the, the growth is there for those sides of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, throughout the year, we've had a lot of uh, youth players and uh, ladies come along to our club night. Um, but yeah, I just really wanted to, to create something, um, you know, special for the for the ladies and the youth every year. We're even looking at doing each quarterly, um, where we just make it an open tournament. Don't have to be a member even, but just pop along and see what you know who who turns up on the day and see what happens. You know, with the youth, we had. Uh, a whopping 21 players come along. Fantastic. You know, which is great. You know, it's it's bigger than summer. This was a school night as well. We, we'll try for, <laughs> for a weekend next time. We're in the school holidays. Uh, and for ladies, we had 20 as well, which, you know, some of those numbers are bigger than some of the numbers you see around around the country and, and some of the national tournaments. So it's a start. Um, but and, it's a way to encourage uh, the youth and the ladies to get out there and, and give the sport a go. And Because stepping into one of these big national tournaments can be quite daunting, but they're yeah. the opportunity to, yes, in a, I'm going to say a safer environment, but probably one that they feel a bit more comfortable in. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, bringing their friends along. Um, you know, all types of levels are invited. Uh, the format was really good, so... You know, especially in the group group stages, we made it a bit shorter, so it was a little bit more competitive, even for the higher performers versus the lower performers. So, it was really good. I got some really good feedback from the guys as well, and uh, it's definitely something we'll keep on doing. And just quickly as well on, on your club at the Birkenhead RSA, man, you've you've literally let that organically grow big time. It's uh, you're getting some fantastic numbers there. Yeah, it's it's been massive this year. Um, having the likes of Ben come along. On a Wednesday as well, he always attracts like quite a few people, um, and he's you know spent a lot of time, you know, answering questions that people don't know about darts. Um, but it's been it's just been amazing. There's great culture in there, um, you know, lots of club legends that have have built it, and uh, yeah, where it is right now, it's it's at its very best, and um, we're we're looking forward to closing off over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so, sounds really good, mate. Sounds really good. I really, you know, what you guys are doing at, at Birkenhead is is fantastic, and you know, that club is massive. And uh, whenever you go, there's always great numbers, and you know, people of different backgrounds and different ages. It's it's really good to see and everyone mixing and mingling as well. But we are five minutes away from ten here on SNZ's at the Yockey, proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot. The Dart Depot is your one stop shop for all things Dart and Q. Visit the Dart Depot. Co. Nz. 
Stay tuned, though. We've got one more hour of darts. Of course, the big PDC World Darts Championships get underway on Friday morning with Ben Robb up against Mickey Mansell and the tournament opener. And I want to keep seeing more messages coming through on the text machine. Double eight, double three. Let me know who's going to win the World Darts Champs and you go in the draw to win a $200 Dart Depot voucher. o'clock here on SCNZ's at the Yockey, proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot, Dart, Startboards, Lighting and More, the Dart Depot, Ben Francis and Jamie Roberts with you through until 11 o'clock tonight, and boy, we have a big hour coming out very, very soon. We'll be catching up with the man himself, Barry Hearn, I've been really, really excited about this one, I keep telling everyone, and people are saying, who's Barry Hearn, and I have to tell them, I said to someone, oh, we've got the godfather of, uh, of the darting scene, of British promotion of sport actually coming on, and they said, Eddie. I was like, no, the godfather. That's the godson. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that. And Massive. Yeah, catch up with Mickey Mansell as well. This hour is facing Ben Robb in that first game of the World Champs. But we we want people to text through on double eight double three who they think is going to win the PDC World Darts Champs. Every message we've had through has had a different winner so far. There's quite a few, and everyone has picked a different winner. So we, right now, are going to see if any of these match up with ours. We're going to, we're going to run through some of our picks for the World Champs, but we're also going to throw in a couple of, like, who's going to be our surprise packet? Who's going to be the seed that drops out early? Who's going to win it? So we're going to have a couple of other questions in there, and we want to get more people texting through, and we want to see who actually gets the most votes in terms of who's going to win. As I say, we've had quite a few, but everyone has picked someone different. We've had Gurwin Price, we've had Ben Robb, Nathan Aspinall, Michael Smith, Michael Van Gerwen, we've had Peter Wright, we've had... We've even had Johnny Clayton, and we had Dirk Van Dydenboder. So there's been quite a few that have come through. So we want we want people to come, keep messaging through, and let's see who if we can get an overall winner. But we're going to start off with uh, starting off with the bad. Let's start off with the bad. Jamie, what seed do you think might struggle the most based on the draw and potentially form heading in? Yeah, look, I think in that first round, like we kept on mentioning. Um, Peter Wright's got his got his work cut out for him, no matter who he faces, within Mansell and Rob, you know. It's a bit unknown as to what his lead up has been like with his um you know, with his wife getting sick. So it'll be interesting to see how, how he goes. You know, he had the um he almost lost to the Filipino guy a couple of years ago where he pulled out that one six two and the one forty That's right check out yeah. just from nowhere to win the that match. That was incredible. The guy had matched darts. He missed his his moment, and Peter Wright jumped on it, and then he went on to win the win the tournament. I think I think did it send it? It was like because I think it and it was in that second round, and it sends it's like that extended where they got to you got to win by two clear. Yeah, but I think it sent, death. yeah it sent it through to that, and that's how that's how incredible that was, and how clutch that was, as that was the catalyst to him winning the world title. I know that was just crazy. Look, I think you know when you look into that next session as well. Um, Michael Smith will face Watamina or Rafferty. You know, if he's facing Watamina, who, who, who can play a fast-paced match like him, you know, and match, um, you know, that power, that, that's not going to be easy um, either. But Michael, you know, I think his experience will get through on that one. What do you think? I'm looking at a couple of names here that could potentially have a couple of banana skins. Uh, firstly, Cullen Ridds, and that's because 
he could be potentially facing Josh Rock, and we know how good Josh Rock has been this year and uh, what he's been able to do. And Cullen is a good player in his own right, so that's going to be an absolute slugfest, that one. Uh, That'll be interesting. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, it will be interesting, and that's, of course, if Josh Rock gets through, but that's one where I think we could see a seed drop. Uh, the other one, which I am very curious to keep an eye on, and I know this guy has been in good form, well, relatively good form this year, but no guarantee, and that's because of who he could play, and that's Dirk van Dijdenboda because he could potentially face Raymond Smith, who reached the last 16 last year. He won this Motor Series leading, heading into the World Champs. It's it's a, if, you were, if you were looking at the guys you could potentially face, Raymond Smith was one that you would definitely want to avoid and I think that Dirk probably thinks that he's probably thinking I wish I didn't get Raymond because I know he's capable of beating me yeah that's why he's called the guru you know we watched him on that Motus over the weekend and um, he was just so solid he took all his opportunities when he needed to and he just it doesn't even look like he blinks when he throws starts no he's just a rock on that hockey and um DVD will have his workout um, cut out for him there. Um, you know, he's been monster earlier this year as well. Uh, but, you know, we saw that match when he played Hopi earlier this year and um, it was a bit of a funny game. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I'm very curious to keep an eye on is Daryl Gurney. And that's because he could either face Mel Cumming from Australia or Alan Souter. And I think Alan Souter has the capability of going deep. Yeah, well, we, we know what Alan Suda was it last year that uh, he was against his opponent, Jose, is it Jose D'Souza, where um, the guy, he had matched darts and um, he literally just, oh no, it was against Mensor Silovich. Mensor had uh, two to four matched darts. He was a couple of sets up and Suda just out of nowhere, he just started his comeback and he did, he's a fighter. He, he doesn't give up and um, he's shown that through his game, but he won't want to win like that, you know. He'll want to put a good performance out there and not have to fight. So I think he's up for it. He's had some really good, you know, runs on the board this year um, across a lot of good matches and stuff. So, yep, I, I think that'll be a, a good match to watch out as well. The other one I'm, I'm really looking at is that uh, Jose de Souza, you know, potentially versus Whitlock or Perez. Yeah. You know, Whitlock's got experience on that, you know, that hockey. Um, Jose didn't play in the Premier League this year. He's kind of been up and down with form. Um, he's got a bit of grief from Michael Van Gerwen. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think I think that'll be a really interesting matchup as well. Yeah. Uh, just looking now at some of the qualifiers who we think. Uh, so we're going to go based off the international qualifiers. So the international qualifiers, I know there are some tour card holders on there, but... When it gets broken up, you get the top 32 seeds and you get the next 32 on the Pro Tour yep. Order of Merit and then you get the international bracket. So in terms of that that group, which includes our Ben Robs, it includes our Raymond Smiths, is there another player you're curious to see? Because uh, straight away for me, I look at Florian Hempel, the German player, who's who's been up on the stage before. He's done well. I think he made it... I think Raymond actually knocked him out last, last year from memory uh, in the third round... Uh, which I think was an upset in, a, in its own right because Florian, <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't. Did he beat? He yeah, he beat Dimitri Vandenberg, and that Dimitri averaged hundred and one in wow. that game, and you know Florian beat Dimitri in that second round, and then just couldn't repeat it against Raymond Smith. Uh, so he's one of those qualifiers who I'm very curious to see, and if he does win that, it's Luke Humphreys, which 
is no who's currently the fifth seed and he wants to play for a Premier League spot. Yeah, Luke's Luke's really put the put the foot down recently. He beat Michael Van Van Guren as well. But Florian, you know, he can play. Um he will take positives away from his from last year and, and throughout this whole year. Um and I'm sure he'll be he'll be up for it as well. Um Raymond Smith, you know, he's a very tricky player, you know, and I think he just kind of popped out of nowhere to, to go on to, to beating him last year. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes. What about sure. what about your dark horse? Like, what's uh, we can we can put the Cedar players in this because the Cedar, there are Cedar players who are dark horses. Like, is there one player that you think might exceed the expectations? Because you go through the draw and you generally go, yeah, this person will go there, this person will go there. But is there one that you think might actually go further than people are anticipating? Yeah, I, th- I, I think... Like, as a dark horse, you know, he's probably been a bit quiet, um, but we all know that he can play. But Gary Anderson loves this opportunity. Oh, right? okay. It's a bit of it's a bit of a bit of a random, but look, I just think Gary Anderson. Uh, you know, he he hasn't done much this year, um, and I just think you know he's due he's due to do something. He steps up for these occasions. He's been in finals recently. Um, you know, when he when he played Gu and Price a couple of years ago. I just think, you know, it's a good occasion for him to really, you know, step up and show that he's still around. Well, he needs to because he's going to be defending a lot of money. He does. He knows what he has to do. Uh, he's got that first matchup with uh, potentially Rasmer as well, who um another tricky player, you know, uh, or, or Jiwa. Um, both those players, you know, will, will, will do something to, to upset Gary there. So I think, yeah, just looking through... One thing I, 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 I really, um, which will be another really interesting one, is we haven't really seen Brendan Dolan playing that well lately. Yeah. You know, for him to be matched up against Hughes or, or Hendricks, both players who we've seen a lot of, you know, in, in the limelight recently, um, we saw Dolan play at the World Cup this year, but we just haven't really, really seen um, the best of him. So he needs to lift his game if he wants to get past that round two, for sure. Well, I, my kind of dark horse, and it says weird saying someone so high being a dark horse, is could potentially face Gary Anderson, and that's Rob Cross. Because for me, Rob Cross is a guy that continually flies under the radar, even though he can produce good darts. Yep. He was unlucky recently. He played MVG uh, in the Europe, European uh, final. And um, any other player on that day, I think Rob Cross would have would have won. But... Um, yeah, that was a special performance from MVG. You know, he hit that nine data, and um, really, really, there's not much Rob could do there. But definitely, you know, we all heard the story of of Rob. He basically qualified, you know, for his world first world darts championship through counties. Um, went through the normal qualifiers. His uncle was was motivating him, threw him in the car, and then he, and then that year he went on to play. Uh, the goat Phil Taylor in the final, and um, you know, took him down. He did indeed, uh, mate. We've got to ask the got to ask the hardest question of all now, which we've asked our listeners to do on double A double three. If you had to pick a winner today, or even like who, what would you? If, let's just go final, and then you can you know, make that process of elimination on who you think would actually be crowned the winner. I just I struggle to see past MVG um, for me, just the superior form that he's in right now. Um, and then over the other side, you know, I think Gerwin Price, you know, he really, really wants it. 
And um, look, I, I see those two as, as being the favourite to, to make the final. Um, but they've got a bumpy road along the way. Well, Van Gerwen, you know, you don't want to say he's not going to be tested because it's, I think it's a little bit disrespectful, you know, because all these guys are there on their own merit. But he could potentially face uh, Niall Zonneveld or Louis Williams and then potentially, you know, Amitso Sulovic, then a Dirk van Dijdenboda. And I think those are all games mm. that he could probably win, and that's the fourth round. And you hit the quarterfinals, it could be a Rob Cross or a, or a Gary Anderson. And you know, I, yeah, he, he probably has the ability to get over those as well. So, yeah, Van Gerwen for me, based on his form. But what, how good would that final be, a Van Gerwen against Gerwen Price final? I think that's probably the final that people are probably dreaming of. That would just be amazing. Uh, yeah. Whoever wins the ball before they get out on that stage is probably going to win, you know. It's um, so close, and that, that really that would be a great competition. I think Gerwin, you know, has had some, some really good wins over MVG uh, this year. Like you said, MVG doesn't look like he's got a tricky road to the final, and I think if he, if he is to lose, it's going to be his own fault, And you know, in terms of not performing against those guys. He'll know that... He's got them all day, most of the time. Um, but he just needs to stick to his guns, do what he does best, and um, you know, not 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 make it too tricky for him. Gilwin Price, on the other hand, you know, I I look at his even his potential first round matchup. Look, we all know that he's he's smashing it at the moment. He got that hundred and thirty odd average playing in a, against the ex, in an exhibition the other night. Um, but you know, it just takes a guy to step up. Throwing those consistent twelve to fifteen dart legs, and all of a sudden, you're through to the next round. Exactly. Uh, all right, we are thirteen minutes away from ten here. Oh, sorry, thirteen minutes past ten uh, on SCNZ's at the Oki. Brought to you by the Dart Depot. Darts, dart boards, lighting, and more. The Dart Depot. Uh, whew, getting getting quite pumped for this. Four more days. Yeah, four four more days, four more days for the darts. <laughs> you can't wait. It's like a, it's like my rush. It's when Christmas officially starts. But yeah. I'm also very excited for after the break as we should be joined by Barry Hearn the man behind the PDC, after this. 20 minutes after 10 here, you're on SCNZ at the Oki, Ben Francis and Jamie Roberts with you, just waiting for uh, Barry Hearn to jump on. He's uh, running a couple of minutes late, so of course with such a busy man, he's taking a small moment of his time out to have a chat with us, so we really appreciate it, so hopefully he'll be ready shortly. Uh, But of course, we are all pumped, we are all amped and all excited for the PDC World Darts Championship, which gets underway on Friday. We are all looking forward to seeing Ben Rob play that first game of the tournament. Uh, we face faces Mickey Mansell, and Mickey should be with us very, very shortly. Uh, he will be joining us talking about... He's actually... He played Hopi at, the, at his last World Champs that he was at, and he actually played uh, Preston Ridd another New Zealander uh, I think it was about 10 years ago so this will be his 7th world champs and he would have played 3 New Zealanders so my first question for him is going to be when you saw you're playing New Zealander did you just roll your eyes <laughs> pretty classic that he's getting third time right I don't know if it's third time third time the charm but it's <laughs> who knows uh, I, I think if it was me, I'd probably be like another New Zealander. I just just couldn't uh, I couldn't could not believe it. So uh, yeah, it's uh, twenty two minutes after ten here on at the Oki. We're actually going to take a quick break, and we'll be back hopefully with Barry Hearn next.
26 minutes after 10 o'clock here on SNZ's At The Yockey. If you're wondering why we're playing this song, it's because uh, in our next guest book, he makes reference to once he was asked to a, a song he would use for a walkout, and he said this one. Uh, so that's why as we thought we'd dedicate it to uh, the great man. And boy, I am so excited for this interview. This man is uh, somebody I've, all, I've always admired, so it's a privilege and a pleasure to get this opportunity to get him on our show. If you've not read his book, then I recommend it, even if it's just the first chapter on the principles of life. I, Jamie, I really wish I'd read this before I played in the DPNZ event because I, I struggled under the pressure and I used that as my excuse. The next day I listened to his book and uh, life lesson number four, pressure is only felt by those that fail. And I listened to that and I was like, I wish I listened to this earlier. Well, you know next time now, Benny. I know for next time, and believe me, I don't use pressure as an excuse anymore. But the man behind the PDC, the man behind Matchroom Sport, it's Mr. Barry Hearn, and he joins us on the show now. Barry, firstly, how are you? How And how is the state of England right now after the Football World Cup result over the weekend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Oh, that's good. I gave you I gave you a rousing intro. I don't know if you heard it. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I didn't hear it at all, but I'm sure it was brilliant. Oh, I, I, I was making reference to uh, your, uh, your your book and your 10 principles on life and how I uh, oh, used the uh, number four, which is about pressure, as an excuse once. Yeah. And after the next day, I read your book and I was like, no more. So I've taken some of those principles on board and I really uh, appreciate uh, that, well, that book. I'm so impressed. <laughs> well, that, that, that's... Let's hope you can take those principles and have as much fun as I've had over the last 74 years. So, mate... Uh, <laughs> Looking forward to it. I, I, I pr- I've printed them out and I keep a very close eye on them. I always uh, look at them as a reminder uh, to on how, how to go things. But Barry, we know you're such a busy man. So thank you so much for your time today. Uh, firstly, we just want to talk a bit about the darts. How excited are you for the PDC World uh, Darts Champ starting on Friday, New Zealand time? Oh, mate, this is, this is my Christmas, I have to say. <laughs> Ridiculously, childishly excited. You know, we sold 90,000 tickets in an hour. So it is the hottest ticket in sport. It is what Christmas is all about. It's just a gang of your mates coming round, a lot of your mates, big time numbers, uh, and having a fabulous night out with sport thrown in. It's quite unique, you know, because it is a party, but it is world-class sport and you merge them together and it's real. I mean, it's as good as WWE, but it's real. So that makes it even better. So it's world-class sport, giving people a chance to change their lives and creates moments of drama that you can't really budget for. You know, you don't know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to have a great night out. So I've got 17 days starts on, on Thursday. Absolutely cannot wait for the first arrow to be thrown. Yeah, and that first arrow could potentially be thrown by our very own Ben Robb uh, from New Zealand, who's yep. going to be there at his third World Champs. Uh, have you seen much of him? I've seen a little bit of him. I mean, like a lot of you guys, there's a tremendous amount of potential with players. But the big downside is the activity levels are not the same or the competition levels are not the same as a lot of the players are constantly playing under. And that gives them a big advantage. What we've got to do in New Zealand, Australia and places like that, we've got to build the local circuit better so that your top players and the players aspiring to be top players come through the system and they're ready because it's a bit of a culture shock. I mean, Ben's been there three times. This is his third time, I think. So he's used to it. But for anyone else, it's a culture shock walking out on that stage in front of 
three and a half thousand screaming uh, guys that have had a, a, a lager or two. Um, takes time to absorb that and still produce your A game. It's about experience. Everyone's getting better. The rewards are getting better. So there's more incentive and in incentive to, to take up this great sport. But we do need to work more on, on local leagues and local events, which is why the World Series event coming is so important, because that gives them a taste of what it's like to come up against someone throwing 110 average instead of 90. You know, it's a big difference in approach. Yeah, it definitely is. And I just wanted to you know, ask about uh, the PDC and you know, when you started it, and you probably wouldn't have envisioned it getting to the stage it is, but how important was it letting, letting that organically grow over the years? Because we've had events here where they kind of just ram it down your throat saying you have to follow it, you have to watch it. But the thing I admire about the darts is letting it just grow naturally. And then we're seeing that progression yeah. happening now. Yeah, I think it's important because the public today are not fools. You know, you can't push something down their throat that they don't want to be pushed down their throat. They vote with their feet or with their credit card or whatever you want to say or with their heart. Over a period of time, you know, you have to understand that the basis of sport is it does become a bit of a soap opera. So we start knowing the characters, whether they're rugby players or cricketers or, or, or darts players. The same principles apply. You have to get these... We have to develop an addiction to these players. It's almost like an illegal substance, you know, where you voluntarily are looking forward to the next stage, not having it forced on you. So, you know, you've got to have that constant supply in the background, which we do on, on Sky New Zealand and things like that for our darts events. And then we have to be able to say, now we're coming live. You're gonna, you've seen it on TV. Now you're going to see it live. And that takes them to another level. It is a good game. I mean, basically, all sports got to be built on solid foundations. It's a very good game. And once you start playing it, you, if you feel you've got any ability, you know there are there's avenues for that ability. So that's important. But for those of us that just want to be entertained by sport, it is that drip feed that doesn't have it pushed all over us. And in the end, if the customer says, I want some more, that's the best reaction you can have rather than just giving them more. Because supply and demand... And the oversupply of a sport can kill it as much as the undersupply. You've got to get it right. We've taken our time over the last 20 years to get it just right. And we've developed a global sport that's the envy of most sports. Yeah, and that, and that growth as well is starting to really happen in, in the women's game as well. And, of course, this year you're going to have yeah. uh, three women's players competing in the world champs, Lisa Ashton, Fallon Sherrick, and Bo Greaves, who I am really excited to see compete oh, on, yeah. on the yeah. Alley Pally. She can play. I mean, this girl is a phenomenon and she's quite a shy lady. She take, took a little bit of time to come out of the shadows because I think she was concerned. You know, she's very young, but my word, what a player. I mean, I think she's got William O'Connor from Ireland in the first round. And I tell you, William probably having a few sleepless nights. <laughs> this, young lady can, this young lady can play darts. So, you know, she's the first woman I've seen that's had an average of over you know, 104 in, in one of her women's events. She dominated the women's series this year, eight consecutive wins. I mean, she's just won the WDF World Women's Masters. I, I don't know how many games she's gone unbeaten, but it's in the 50s or 60s on the run she's on. So, Alexandra Palace won't, you know, won't present too many surprises to her. But the game's in a strong position when you've got more interesting media stories, more interesting personalities, people asking themselves, I wonder what's going to happen 
once you get that, then you've really got them, you know, you've got that fish on the line and the hook is not just through the lip, it's in the belly because <laughs> you are waiting every day for something more exciting to happen and PDC's delivering it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the three women will do, you know. Don't, you know, they're, they're all very capable players. Bo Greaves is the one that's getting the headlines at the moment, but don't write off, certainly don't write off Lisa Ashton, who's the most successful woman player of all time. And don't write off Fallon Sherrick because she loves the stage. She loves being introduced as the queen of the palace. She does indeed. And uh, Barry, you know, you, you have a massive involvement in boxing and snooker and other sports as yep. well. But can you recall kind of when you first saw darts and when you saw the potential in the sport? Yeah. It was funny, you know, because the old PDC, when they had their struggle with the, the previous, you know, there was this seismic split between the PDC and the BDO, the British Darts Organisation. And it was a lot of bad feeling for many years and that both sides just tried to kill each other. Um, and they came to me and said, would you be would you be chairman and can we take you down and show you what the darts is about? And I, yeah, I was mildly interested, but I was quite busy on the boxing and the snooker and everything else. So, But I went to the Circus Tavern, which was the old venue for the World Championships in Purfleet, East London. Uh, there was more chewing gum on the floor than carpet. 800 people you couldn't see across the room for cigarette smoke chanting noises guys having a dodgy pizza drinking fairly substantial quantities of the amber nectar um and great world-class sport going on on the stage and i just looked at it and i realized i looked at all these people and i just saw 800 versions of me <laughs> i thought this is this is my life this is you know this goes back to when Mark McCormack, the great sports entrepreneur, once once took the president of Rolex to Wimbledon. And at the end of the first set, apparently, the president stood up and cast his arms wide and said, this is Rolex. Well, when I went to the World Darts Championships, I went, this is Barry Hearn. And I loved it. And I thought, How? and then they said, get, can you get involved? And I said, look, I, I don't really do chairmanship. I do ownership. But, you know, you need some money, you need some proper management, you need to have a fresh look. And 20 years ago, we started the adventure and a lot of the crew that was there then have gone. Um, some of them have stayed and the, the department now is so well organised with a top team of sports promoters led by Matthew Porter. People like Dave Allen's been there, I don't know, for virtually the whole duration. Yeah, we've got a very strong management team and a very strong belief in, in, the, in the future of darts. We love the game. It's not just for the money. We actually love the sport. We love the people that play. And we take a lot of satisfaction in giving people the opportunity to change their lives. And darts has done just that, you know. Phil Taylor led the way. Michael Van Gerwen followed up. Gerwen prices smashing doors down, you know. And we've got so much young talent coming through. And it's not just from England anymore. You know, it's all over the world. So we're in a very strong position. We won't get complacent. Every year we try to do better than the year before. And uh, the public respond by record numbers of viewers globally and record interaction on social media. So I just, and we're all so excited. And that, you know, John McDonald stands up and says, and now let's introduce the players. And, the heart's racing and, and we're off and running. So, yep, I mean, good luck to your guy in it. It's going to be tough for him because it's a, it's a whole high standard. He knows that. He's been there before. But I'm looking at the kids in New Zealand saying, let's give this a let's give this game a try. Where do I find the New Zealand version of Michael Van Gerwen? 
you know there's a kid playing in the world championships this year called josh rock yeah a year ago he was working in a chicken factory in belfast today he's fifth favorite for the world championships and he's changing his life with every arrow he throws i want that story all around the world and i don't see any reason why we don't get one coming out of new zealand well, we can push that narrative, mate. And as our principle number one says, it's better to be born lucky than good looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is so true. Listen, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the brightest candle in the room. My 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 asset is I can burn longer than anyone else because I'm relentless. And if you can adopt that approach to sport, you will go to a level that you didn't anticipate you were capable of. But it's not just words. It's actions. It's being making sacrifices. It's paying the, your dues. Whether you're playing rugby, whether you're playing cricket, whether you're playing golf, it doesn't make any difference. Darts is exactly the same. You have to invest in yourself and you have to believe in yourself because if you don't, no one else will believe in you. So you've got to make the effort. When I talked to Phil Taylor all those years ago and I said, how did you get, how do you get so good at darts? He said, it's easy, bud. He said, I go to work. He said, I wake up at nine o'clock and I check in. I clock in like I used to when I worked at a porcelain factory in Stoke. So I clock in at nine and I throw darts till one. And then I have an hour lunch. And then I go back and I clock in again at two. And I throw darts till five or six. So I do seven hours a day, seven days a week. He said, you will improve if you invest that amount of time in yourself. But few people have the discipline to do that. So let's see if one of them has a New Zealand accent. Well, Barry, we would love we would love that to have a New Zealander. Uh, from our perspective, we feel like if we can get a New Zealander on that tour, which is always really hard to do, that it will really like lift yeah. the game to that next level here and help that growth and help that promotion. Uh, and considering everything you've done, and we can only say thank you to you for you know helping us fall in love with the sport of darts and what we see today. Well, listen, we're only as good as our customers love us. You know, that's the end of the day. No bullshit in sport. So, you know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. And, you know, we honestly treasure the moments when we can send those boys out for the World Series events because we know it goes down so well. And we have really exciting times looking at what's coming through on the horizon to take New Zealand sport, at, you know, at every level. We all know how good you are at rugby. We know how good you are at cricket. You know, we know how good you are at lots of sports. Darts, yeah, you're coming up on the outside. But let's see some let's see some real investment in time. Let's see let's see local authorities having what we have in Europe, the Junior Darts Corporation, from age six to sixteen. Get kids understanding mathematics via darts. Let's understand how they can get competitive. You know, we're all winners and losers in life. We are the hockey's the only place, you know. So God bless all of you and let's have a lovely Christmas and get those arrows in the stockings and then first of January, go to work. Exactly. Uh, Barry, I think that uh, based on your last comments here, it's perfect to end on uh, principle number eight. Life does not change by sitting on the sofa. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. could keep talking to you for hours, but uh, you're a busy man, so we'll let you go. Thank you so much for everything you've done to darts, and hopefully we can chat again soon. Well, I look forward to it, my friend. Happy Christmas to you and all your listeners, and uh, have a great one. You too, that's uh, Barry Hearn there, an OBE, uh, fantastic, the man behind Matchroom, the man behind the PDC. We are 18 minutes away from 11 here on SCNZ. After the break, we'll be catching up with Mickey Mansell.
13 minutes away from 11 here. You're listening to SCNZ Aviocchio with Ben Francis and Jamie Roberts. And our final guest for the night will be playing in his seventh World Darts Championships. And he has been drawn to face our very own Ben Robb in the opening match of the tournament. He is from Northern Ireland and known as the Cyclone. It is Mickey Mansell. Mickey, how are you? Hello, boys. How's things? All right? Yeah, I'm v- very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your, uh, your time today. Uh, First off, Mickey, I just wanted to ask about when you saw the draw and you saw you were playing uh, Ben Robb from New Zealand, he's going to be the third New Zealander you've played. Was Were you a bit like, not another one? Uh, I kind of like that. I'm a, I'm a bit of a magnet for lads from New Zealand. So, um, no, look, I knew it was going to, it's going to be a tough draw at the end of the day. Um, the, 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 ben has been playing well this last while, so... Look, even though Ben or anybody in the draw is tough, you know what I mean, whenever you're in it, so looking forward to it. Hey there, Mickey, it's uh, Jamie Roberts uh, now. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, he's mentioned Ben, but just wanted to understand, how, how have you been going with your, your preparation leading up to it? I, I see your, your name out there, winning a few, um, good against a good few matches in the Pro Tours and stuff, but how's your preparation been over the last week? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, it's just mostly uh, practicing. To be honest, I kind of have uh, taken a bit of time off work, more time probably a week. Or last week, I kind of to prepare. I'm I'm flying to England tomorrow, so um, it's just really been practicing during the day. Probably more stamina, hopefully for uh, for two games if if that's the outcome. You know what I mean? But uh, um, I'd like to think I'll be able to last two games on the one night, which is something totally different you don't be preparing for that sort of stamina you know what i mean so yeah for sure uh, see and, how it goes and have you been practicing with any of your friends or or any competitions or, or just been hitting the board by yourself no just by uh, just by myself so i have you know i've had a, a few friends down and kind of just a few evenings just to break it up something different you know what i mean but nothing nothing usually that it, it's just how i practice anyway of all throughout the years i've just kind of done my own thing i kind of I'm not on my own schedule and not tied or dependent on anybody, so I just find it it's easier, uh, easier that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, nice, Mickey. You know, can you tell us a bit about your journey in darts and you know what what kind of drew you to the sport and uh, also you've been around you know, for quite a few years. So talk a bit about that longevity and being able to keep up with with uh, with the game and you know the continual ever increasing pressure of being a pro athlete. Yeah, it was I kind of I just I was only playing local darts. I played football for till I was thirty three Gaelic here, and uh, I'd be just playing pub just in in the pubs, and I kind of it was like a seasonal thing. Played it in the winter, and um, there was very few tournaments round about, so it just it kind of worked. Played football during the year, and then in the in the winter, uh, I played darts, and then as I, I quit the football, instead of training two or three nights a week, uh, I kind of put a bit more time, a bit more effort into it. And um, around here, lucky enough at the time, there was a few big tournaments going on, kind of just had happened uh, in Oma, uh, which Brendan Dolan would have been in, Darl would have been in, Felix McBurdy would have been about at the time. Uh, so you were going up against good uh, good players. So got to the stage where I was winning a few of them and kind of holding me own and um, then there was a tournament available, which unfortunately is not available at the minute. Uh, the, the Tom Kirby, which was played in Ireland, and the winner uh, gets a, an opportunity to go to the World Championship. So I went down to Dublin, uh, and fortunately I got to the final, which 
it was the first year then it was played the final of it they played the tournament down till the final uh, and then you came back a few about five or six weeks after it and the final was played before the Grand Prix in Dublin before the final of it so it was a bit of stage experience on I won that tournament which got me my first uh, trip to Alexander Palace so it was something that wasn't really planned or yeah, just I kind of had took a bit of a course of its own and then that was the first year that Q School started so at um, Preston Ridd obviously I drew him the very first game and uh, uh, I kind of after that I went to Q School as I say in January and won my tour card on the second or third day I think it was and that was that was the start of it so it was really it wasn't it, and it was always week by week because it was paying and I was funding myself and it was I couldn't I didn't know how long it was going to last because I, I was paying my way and I was winning games to pay my way so it was really it wasn't ideal and if I look back on it now it definitely hardened me because uh, it's, it's not it's not the right way to be approaching a professional sport looking at week to week results and results and I was winning results to fund myself for the following weekend and the following weekend and mm. Uh, it was a tough sort of shift on family and everything at the home, but look, it, uh, I kind of hung in there and I'm still hanging in there, sort of thing. Yeah. Something I was looking at, um, like is you've you've had some great results. Um, what what the ultimate for us over here is to obviously travel over to the UK one day and compete at um, at Q School. Um, yeah. You know, it's something that you've managed to get some really good success out when you've had to go through that pro- that gauntlet process. You know, it's we've we've we we've had we had uh, Ben and Hope I go through it last year. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. just missing out. But what's what sort of some advice for us Kiwis over here if if we're going to give it a crack and a nudge and um, at Q School, you've had some success. But what 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 some of the you know what some aspiring things you'd, you'd like to sort of tell us. Uh, I think for me, uh, as you say, I've been there a few times. This was at the start of the year. It was the third year at an operation of Mihan This time last year, I wasn't throwing mm-hmm. no darts. Uh, probably only went to Q school last year with about ten days sort of practice, which wasn't ideal preparation for it. On, uh, I, I think for me, Q school is a whole mental thing. It's mm-hmm. not about your ability playing darts. It's just it's about uh, it's a really a mental challenge on mm. kind of blocking everything out and blocking names out and uh, kind of just focusing on yourself. Obviously, I think you need a bit of uh, the longevity. It is a especially the lads coming in on the first few days with the way the format has changed. Um, mm. uh, I've been fortunate where I've been the four day sort of Q school where anybody now where the, the format has changed and you're coming in three days before that so yep. fitness and, and definitely fit, fitness and a kind of looking after your body and a kind of preparing that yep. end of it and mentally that you can go as I say and not taking defeats because if you get beat the first day it's not the end of the world I think a lot of boys put too much pressure on themselves kind of thinking I have to win day. it the first day uh, twice uh, I've went there and even last year I had a goal my goal was points yep. if I win it I win it good enough uh, but I would have a f- number of a figure of points in my head and aim for them points uh, and take it how it goes because as I say you've you've no control over the draw and there's no point in getting disappointed the first day mm. you beat you have a tough draw you're looking around you there's some other games maybe it's a wee bit easier and 
as I say, mentally you have to be very, very strong for Q school. I, I think it, uh, darts ability. There's any amount of boys that's, that's well able to do it, but yeah, mental uh, strength, like you say, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mickey yeah, Mantle, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your time this evening. Uh, all the best for the world champs, and uh, thank you once again for your time. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you, Mickey. No problem, but Cheers, bud. Happy Christmas. Uh, you too, too, Mickey. That's Mickey Mantle there, and that is us for At The Oki here in 2022. We will be Whoa. back January 23rd uh, next that's, year. That's my son's birthday. Oh, there you go. Hudson's uh, birthday. Uh, and keep an eye up on the At The Oki podcast pages as we'll be doing regular updates of the world champs. Thanks for listening in. We can't wait to be back in 2023. Go, Ben Rob!